Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. This week we're looking at Daniel chapter 2. And last week we talked about how God is sovereign. We looked at Daniel chapter 1 and we were introduced to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, four of the many captives from Judah brought to Babylon. They are tested and trained for three years in the customs, laws, and religion of Babylon. We find them refusing to defile themselves with the king's food and wine. They take their lives in their hands by requesting not to eat and drink from the king's personal menu. They trust in God alone. God gives them favor with their steward, and at the end of the three years of testing, they appear healthier, they surpass all their contemporaries, the Bible says tenfold, in understanding and wisdom. At this time, they are approximately 18 to 20 years old, coming into chapter 2. So last week, we looked at how God is sovereign. This week, we're looking at God rules and overrules. The idea of overruling is to reject or disallow by exercising one's superior authority, to reject the decision or opinion of. God rules and overrules. And so if you have your Bible, if you have your tablet, if you want to look on your phone, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 2. And I want to look at the entirety of most of this, as last week we looked at it as well. This week I want to look at most of the entirety uh, because it's amazing what the Word of God says, and we know that the Word, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So I want us to look at the whole of the chapter. I am going to begin at verse 4, just skipping down just a little bit. So far, so good for the four Jewish lads, settling into their new digs, until something happens. But before that, I just want to pray. God, I just thank you for today. I just ask that as we listen to your word, that our faith comes by hearing, that as we listen to what your word says, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you will speak to us, that we can learn and discern. God, we're learning and looking at how you rule and overrule, and I just pray that we can see you at work in even the, the most dire times in history. I just ask you to just illuminate your word to our hearts by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and it changes things quickly. His dream was troubling, and it says it disturbed him greatly. So he decides to call all of his magicians, astrologers, sorcerers, and all the Chaldeans to tell them his dream and to give its meaning. Now, this is a very unusual request. Note that it is one thing to give an interpretation to someone's dream. And I think all of us have had someone share a dream with us that they had. They dreamed that they were being chased or they dreamed that they were falling or we've all had dreams. But to tell them the dream that they had is something else entirely. Beginning in verse 4 this week, the Chaldeans spoke to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell the dream to your servants, and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied to the Chaldeans, The command for me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you will be torn limb from limb, and your houses 
will be made a rubbish heap. So he's asking them not only to give an interpretation, but he's asking them to tell him the dream. So now the pressure's on. They know what the king is asking is impossible. Keep that in mind that this is an impossible thing. Like I said, if someone tells you a dream they had the night before, maybe they ate a pepperoni pizza before bed and they had a a strange dream and they tell you the dream and you could give them what you think it meant or, but they're saying, what did I dream about last night? The king would be sure if they were making something up. He would know if it was real. He would know if they were giving uh, the actual dream and interpretation or if they were just spitballing and just making something up. Only the true God would be able to reveal this mystery. Sort of like Elijah's showdown with the false prophets of Baal. This is life and death. Remember, if they can't do it, they're going to be torn limb from limb, which is, sounds pretty unpleasant. If we're honest, that sounds pretty unpleasant. And that their houses will be made a rubbish heap. Jesus said that what is impossible with men is possible with God. Only God could reveal this. Verse 6, but if you declare the dream and its interpretation, so if you don't, you're going to be torn limb from limb. If you do, you will receive from me gifts and a reward and great honor. Therefore, declare to me the dream and its interpretation. Verse 7, they answered a second time and said, let the king tell the dream to his servants and we will declare the interpretation. The king replied, I know for certain that you are bargaining for time inasmuch as you have seen that the command for me is firm, that if you do not make the dream known to me, there is only one decree for you. For you have agreed together to speak lying and corrupt words before me until the situation is changed. Therefore, tell me the dream that I may know that you can declare to me its interpretation. Verse 10. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who could declare the matter for the king, inasmuch as no great king or ruler has ever asked anything like this of any magician, conjurer, or Chaldean. Moreover, the thing which the king demands is difficult, and there is no one else who could declare it to the king except the gods whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. So the pressure is on, and they realize or honestly answer the king and say there is no one on earth, no one living that could declare this matter. So this is so difficult. They're saying that no one can do this except the gods, whose dwelling place is not with mortal flesh. Verse 12, because of this, the king became indignant and very furious and gave orders to destroy all, underline or make note of all, to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. So the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they looked for Daniel and his friends to kill them. Note, this is the first of several times that Daniel and his friends would be sentenced to death. They risked their lives, as we looked at last week in chapter 1, 
by not wanting to eat the king's food. Now their lives are in jeopardy because of the king's disturbing dream. The edict is passed, meaning certain death for the four Jewish men. And so here's something to note. We can stand firm in times of persecution and even when a death sentence is passed against us because Jehovah has the final say. God rules and overrules. So just because man has decreed judgment, it doesn't surpass God's judgment. And so this is a death sentence that is passed upon them. They are part of the wise men of Babylon and this decree is passed. Verse 14, and then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. Just note that he used discretion and discernment and respect, I'm sure. The captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men, he said, verse 15, he said to Arioch, the king's commander, For what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. So Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare the interpretation to the king. So for some reason that we're not told, Daniel and his friends were not there or privy to the request of the king. So when the king was asking for all of his wise men and sorcerers and conjurers and things. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say where Daniel and his friends were, but they weren't there at this initial meeting of wise men with the king. But they are, however, included in the death decree. So, although they weren't there or could give their version of events, they were included in the death decree. It is one thing to kill criminals because of a crime that they had committed or the king had said, to kill such and such. But here he is killing people because of a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. So maybe he took his job seriously and maybe he's the king's henchman or the the guy that that goes and does does the killing. But here he is not even liking necessarily what he has to do. He's killing people because of a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Verse 17, and note this. Then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter, so that they might request compassion from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Note this, highlight it, write it in your your journal, prayer matters. He goes home and he informs his friends that we've been sentenced to die, There's been a decree issued from the king that we should be sentenced to die. And so what do they do? They take it to the Lord in prayer, as the old hymn says, take it to the Lord in prayer. And so they pray to God and request compassion and they pray and ask God to please help them to understand this dream concerning the mystery that's going on so that they would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men. Verse 19 Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever. For wisdom and power belong to him. It is he 
who changes the times and the epochs or a particular time, season, or age. He removes kings and he establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to the men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. God rules and overrules in all things. Verse 23, to you, O God of my fathers, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you, for you have made known to us the king's matter. So Daniel is giving praise unto God. Daniel and his friends prayed to ask God for the answer to spare their lives. And note this, God is faithful and true. Always was, always is, and always will be. Take that to the bank. Our God is faithful and true. He is trustworthy and true. Verse 24, continuing. Therefore, Daniel went into Arioch, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows. Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence and I will declare the interpretation to the king. Verse 25, then Arioch hurriedly brought Daniel into the king's presence and spoke to him as follows. I have found a man among the exiles from Judah who can make the interpretation known to the king. The king said to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, are you able to make known to me the dream which I have seen and its interpretation? Daniel answered before the king and said, As for the mystery about which the king has inquired, neither wise men, conjurers, magicians, nor diviners are able to declare it to the king. So Daniel admits and says, There's no man alive that can do this. Verse 28, However, there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will take place in the latter days. This was your dream and the visions in your mind while on your bed. Just think about this for a moment. Let me pause. This is amazing. Daniel prays and God gives him not only the dream, the interpretation, and he's going to tell the king his dream and interpretation. And this is it. Verse 29, as for you, O king, while on your bed, your thoughts turn to what would take place in the future. And he, the God in heaven who reveals mysteries, has made known to you what will take place. Verse 30, but as for me, this mystery has not been re revealed to me for any wisdom residing in me more than any other living man but for the purpose of making the interpretation known to the king and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. So Daniel says that it's not for any specific wisdom that he has residing in him more than any other man, but it's something that God is doing. God gave the dream to Nebuchadnezzar and wants the king to understand the thoughts that's going on in his mind. When Daniel interprets the dream, he highlights the sovereign power of God over all things. God is sovereign over times, seasons, kings, and kingdoms. 
None of the wisest men in the whole of Babylon could reveal this hidden dream. But Daniel says there is a God in heaven, a mighty God whom Nebuchadnezzar does not yet know, but he will be meeting in the near future. And note, God both gave Nebuchadnezzar the dream. The dream was from God. It wasn't, again, that that the king had eaten pepperoni pizza and just had some disturbing dream, but God gave him the dream. And the same God gave Daniel the dream and the meaning. We can acknowledge the supreme omnipotence and majesty of God. God knows all things. This is our God. He is the ruler and overruler. He is sovereign. This is our God. Let us remember this when we are facing situations or circumstances that seem too big for us to handle. Continuing on verse 31. You, O king, were looking and behold, there was a single great statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of fine gold. Its breast and its arms were of silver, its belly and its thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. And you continued looking until a stone was cut out without hands, and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. And so as Daniel begins to give him the dream, Daniel begins to explain to him. Now we're going to look at the interpretation. Verse 36. This was the dream. And now we will tell the interpretation before the king. You, O king, again, note that he was very respectful the whole time. You, O king, are the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven, note, God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand and has caused you to rule over them all. You are the head of gold. So in this vision, he sees this statue, And it says that God gave this kingdom power, strength, and glory to Nebuchadnezzar. They were given to him by God. Rulers today can think that they have power, prestige, and wealth, and strength, and might, but God rules and overrules. In this dream and interpretation, we begin to look in the prophetic, and Daniel begins to tell him what will happen in the future, beginning in verse 39. After you will arise another kingdom, inferior to you, then another third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over all the earth. Then there will be a fourth kingdom, as strong as iron, insomuch as iron crushes and shatters all things. So like iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these into pieces. In that you saw feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be a divided kingdom but it will have in it the toughness of iron, insomuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery, so some of the kingdom will be strong and part of it will be brittle. 
And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. Verse 44. In the days of those things, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which will never be destroyed, and that kingdom will not be left for another people. It will crush and put an end to all these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Inasmuch as you saw that a stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future. So the dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. And Daniel tells the king that after Babylon will come Medo-Persia, then will come the third great kingdom, Greece, then there will be the fourth great kingdom, Rome, and then there will be the everlasting divine kingdom of the Lord. And he tells him the future kingdoms that will be on the earth leading up into the present day. Just amazing. Verse 46, Then Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders to present him an offering and fragrant incense. So he comes and bows before Daniel and he can't believe that this man could tell him his dream and the interpretation. The king falls on his face in honor and respect and almost in worshiping deity, if you will, that Daniel is not among men. And he gave orders to present him an offering and a fragrant incense. The king answered Daniel and said, note this, surely your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and revealer of mysteries, since you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king promoted Daniel and gave him many great gifts And he made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Note that Daniel and his friends prayed. God gave them the dream interpretation and they saved and spared the lives of all the wise men of Babylon throughout the whole kingdom. And Daniel made a request, verse 49, he made a request of the king And he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the administration of the province of Babylon while Daniel stayed or was at the king's court. Psalm 75, 6 and 7 says, For not from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south come promotion and lifting up, but God is the judge. He puts down one and lifts up another. They are promoted In the whole kingdom of Babylon, they're promoted from all of their contemporaries, all the others. They stayed faithful and true to God. They kept God's word, even at their own peril. They risked their very lives by not following the king's decree. They are here with a death sentence placed against them, and they trust in God. They pray. And God not only spares their lives, God promotes them. And there's an idea of a culture of honor. We honor God. These men honored God with their lives. And God honored and promoted them throughout the whole kingdom of Babylon. For them, they're finding themselves in a place they never would have wanted to be. 
far away in another nation against their will. And here's God at work. Here's God promoting them. Here's God protecting them. Here's God working divinely in their lives. God's revealing things to them. He's giving them honor. He's giving them promotion. And friends, God says that he is the same yesterday and today and forever. If you find yourself in a circumstance or a situation that you never wanted to be in, let us take it to the Lord in prayer. Let us trust in him. He's trustworthy and true. He's faithful. Let us have our hearts right. Let us have that that determination, that resolve like Daniel and his friends, that we are going to follow God. We're going to just continue steadfast after the Lord. Let us know that. Let us just have that determination, that grit. Let us have that resolve down within us. Let us have a bit of fight on the inside. Our enemy tries to come against us. Even in their case, they were going to be destroyed. Their lives were going to be cut short. There was a sentence passed against them, but God rules and overrules. And just like that judge, imagine in a courtroom, when that verdict is in and the judge uh, does his gavel, he hits his little hammer and overruled overruled. He has taken his authority over the other judgment. And our God does the same with us. Our God overrules the affairs of man. So just because this thing may be decreed, this thing may be said, this thing may be written, God has the final say and we can trust in him. So friends, I just want to encourage you today that God rules and overrules, that he is in charge. He knows what's going on. It says that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without him noticing. God knows what's going on. It says he even has the very hairs of your head counted. He knows everything that's going on in your life. Our God is sovereign over all. This is the God that we serve. This is the God that we can follow and trust with our whole lives because he is faithful and true. I just want to pray. God, we thank you that you are faithful, you're trustworthy, you're true that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that kingdom is coming, the Messiah kingdom that will never be destroyed, that you will rule and reign forevermore. And your kingdom is sure, just as sure as the Medes and Persians came and were conquered by Greece, and just as sure as Greece was conquered by Rome. And God, that you will have, you are the final kingdom and you will never be destroyed. You will rule and reign forevermore. And I pray that we will put our faith and our trust in you 100%. No more wavering. I pray that it's a time where we're not in one camp and the other, that we're not on, on the middle of the fence, but that we're all in with you. I pray that we will follow you all the days of our lives. So God, I pray that we will just absolutely have a grit and a determination that it is, it is the way of our God, that you know what's best, you do what's best, and that we can trust you, that we look, look to you. God, I just pray that you will just be with each one that's listening. God, I pray if anyone doesn't know you yet and they have not made a commitment to follow you, God, that they have not made that decision to become a Christian, to be a follower of Christ. I pray right now that they would just accept you, Jesus. Accept the sacrifice that you have died for our sins. And we just need to say, God, I'm a sinner. I have broken your law. I have transgressed against you. And I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. God, I ask that you will write my name in the Lamb's book of life. God, I pray that you will 
make us a new creation in you. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you have died and that you have risen again. And God, you said that you would give us eternal life to those who believe. I ask this in your name, Jesus. I ask that you join us next week as we're going to continue in the book of Daniel. We're going to be looking at chapter three. We're going to be looking at what happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. As we go forward, we're going to do a study in that next Thank week as well. Thank you for listening. So Please hope tune in next week for another inspirational message. And join us next week if as well. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.